I remember my dad once coming. I said, Dad, I said, I know it's your, you know, it's your anniversary today. And you went, is it? And then he came and he shook my mum's hand. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's like, happy anniversary. Home. And I was like, what are you doing? Hey, it's Ramblings of a Seat here with another episode of the Sorge Podcast. Today, our special guest is comedian, actress and writer Sook Audula, and we'll be talking about growing up in a British Punjabi household, getting into comedy, her material, hecklers, acting, finding yourself and so much more. I hope you watch it to the end because it's one of the funniest podcasts that I've had the chance to record and I really hope that you guys enjoy it too. So, let's get into it. Today, I'm super excited to say I've got the pleasure to talk to actress, writer, and comedian Sook Audula. I've watched you on the TV, including Jonathan Ross's Comedy Club, BBC Two's Big Asian Stand-Up, and Mock the Week. And recently, even got to see you deliver your hilarious comedy show, Life Sucks. Um, before we get started into the actual podcast, I just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you for making the time today, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to it, despite um, having to reschedule it 15 times. <laughs> ah, it's all good. Don't worry. I, I really, it makes it built up the anticipation a lot more as well, because I was like, oh, I'm going to get to talk to her today. No, no, not today. Wait, no, today. No, not today. Not today. Um, obviously, before we get into your material, what I would like to kind of first dive into is who is Sook Orgela? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my parents came to the UK from Punjab, so near Jalandhar, um, for, so, you know, Dwabba for life. Um, then they came over in the 60s, uh, they settled in Leeds, my parents got married here, very young, they were like 18, 19, and uh, I was born in Leeds, and then moved down south to Gravesend um, when I was about four. So that's why, that's why I don't have the accent. Uh, but like a lot of our families are like in, in Yorkshire. And uh, yeah, and then only child. And, um, you know, very kind of, you know, standard working class Punjabi background, you know, my dad was in construction, mum was a machinist, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, grew up in like, obviously Gravesend is quite it's got a large second Punjabi community. My parents uh, are both Amritari, so very like involved um, in the Gordwara, very kind of, you know, I was brought up, I, you know, I was the Keaton kid, you know, oh. <laughs> so that was me. Um, which, so you've you know, been on stage me. from when you were a child then, basically, yeah. Yeah, but you know what, the thing is, I hated it. I hated performing on stage. I loved doing Keaton and I love listening to Keaton. I still love listening to Keaton now. But performing it on stage, I really didn't like it, which is so weird. It's now my career. But I remember just being like so anxious about it. And um, so, yeah, so that was that was me. And then I, you know, went, you know, went to school like a lot of people do. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do a lot. of. So I went to a grammar school where, you know, there were a lot of kind of A star students, you know, and I'm kind of like a B grade, C grade student, which means like if I went to a comprehensive, I'd probably be top of the class. But in a grammar school, if you if you get B's or C's, you're like, oh, you know, you're a dunce basically. Um, so I, uh, I was like, I don't really know what to do. The only thing that I really enjoyed doing at school was like drama and English literature. So I went to drama school and uh, didn't, didn't go down too well with my parents because they were like, we've, we've, are you kidding me? We've come all the way 
like we traveled thousands of miles we did all the rubbish jobs that we had people back home to do for us and now we're doing them over here because white people don't want to do them and and now you're telling like you know now you're doing this are you kidding me um so that was like it was a it was a big like it was a big deal and then went into you know drama school was interesting early 2000s you know it was very much I was one of very few people of color like in, in, in the school, um, I wasn't I wasn't very in touch with my heritage or my roots really back then. I was in a very white kind of environment. I felt quite kind of uncomfortable with my identity and everything. And then I I stopped doing it at 23. I was like, no, time to grow up. Um, yeah, I was like 23. You're, you're old now. <laughs> <laughs> I should be married and have kids. What am I doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everybody else seemed to know what they were doing. And everyone else was like, yeah, I'm on track for this. I'm on track for that. And I was like, I still feel like I'm 16. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, I went into like education, so supporting children with special needs and that kind of thing. And and then I turned like 26, and I completely turned my back on everything creative. Turned 26, and I was like, you know what? I really want a degree. Not, I just really want that experience of going to university. Uh, went to university, hated it. I hated it every second of it. Because you know, when you're a, a mature student, everyone else is like, you know, they were like, oh, they're 18, and they're all like going out and stuff. I felt like their Bibi, right? I felt like their grandma at 26. I was like, they were like, are you going out? And I'd be like, no, I've got to go to my job. Like, I've still got, I've still got, like, <laughs> I've got to work, I've got to pay the bills. I've got a life. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they were all like out having fun. And I was like, no, I've, I've got to go back and like, you know, you know, do a, you know, wash the curtains and stuff like that. Like do all grown up stuff. And um, so, <laughs> so I hated that. Yeah, well, you know, like when you just, you're like, oh no, I've got to do big clean. I can't, I can't. Um, <laughs> But you know what? The one thing that didn't make it worth it was when I graduated. I was 29 when I graduated. Mum and dad came to see me and graduation was at the Barbican. And um, my mum turned around. I went to get my cap and gown. My mum turned around and she just saw me with my cap and gown and she just burst into tears. I didn't even realise that she'd have that. And I think only after we had conversations, my parents were like, look, we weren't allowed to go to school. We had to work. We had to work on the farm. We had to come here when we were like, my dad was 16 when he came. He was the head of the family. He's the eldest brother in this country. So he had to work. There was no like, oh, go to, you know, do evening classes, learn, you know, learn English, whatever. He's like, I didn't have a choice. And he's like, it means so much that we, you know, they, I think they very, very much feel their lack of academic education. And so then they're like, and now you're here getting a degree. Oh, I didn't have the heart to tell him that, like, you know, I'm never going to use it. But <laughs> I don't think we ever do, to be honest. Like, just, it's a degree. piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, straight. It's mad. It's mad. But anyway, I did that. And then I turned 30 and I was like, I had a bit of a realisation. And I was like, mm, I'm not happy. And um, I want to go back to acting because acting was my background. And then everyone around me was like, Sook, what are you doing? You know, you should be settling down. We're all settling, we've all got mortgages. We've all got matching funding. We've all got like, you know, we're all, <laughs> we're all grown up. Uh, you know, we've got pensions and that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like my twenties, I was just, I was like, can I just like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I just yeah. wanted to do something um, for me. And I wanted to do something to make me happy. And so I gave myself a year. And then my plan was, if it doesn't work, I'm going to become a primary school teacher. Why is that the backup of all the things? That's surely like the work, like you could be dealing with all these little like kids, man. I know. Mad. Mad plans. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? I, I like working with kids. I've worked with kids before. I don't want to do secondary school because there's too much paperwork. I was like, I work in primary school. All you got to do is colour in, isn't it? <laughs> No, actually, I know, I know there's way more to that. I've worked in primary schools a lot. Anyway, so then um, 
do you know what? Everything happens so quickly. Like I look back at it now and I feel so like modestly good by it. It was like full on so good. Like, you know, everything, my agent, first TV job, all this stuff kind of started happening, blah, blah, blah. And then stand up, I did a free workshop and I only did it because it was free because it's my favorite price. And, um, it, and I was like, oh, it's a free workshop, I'll do it, I haven't got anything to do. I didn't realize it was gonna be stand-up. And then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I love stand-up, I watched stand-up for years, but I don't understand how you do it. I didn't know any stand-ups at the time. I kind of just kind of fell into it really. And then lockdown happened, all that stuff, like amazing things happened really early on, like, you know, the Asian network, some of the TV credits that you mentioned happened so quickly. My parents finally came round to it. That was uh, that was a monumentous occasion. Like I was they... going to ask, what were they like? Considering like, so for for what you've told me, they kind of sound very much like a traditional Punjabi very much. couple who are very much like it's education, religion, yep. and kind of yep. family. They're like the three keys. Mm-hmm. So like, what was it like? Because and on top of that, you're the daughter of the household as well. So I'm sure that had different kind of like a different context to it if you were a dude like how, what were they like with you getting into comedy or and, and like also with the acting and all of that like mm. what, how did they feel about it I think um uh, just to address the daughter thing because my parents uh have raised me to be very independent and they did not there was none of this although I can do all the things that you know Punjabi daughters are taught how to cook clean keep a house and stuff they were also very much like um so like when I was born I was like pretty much the first, yeah, I was the first daughter in our family whose whose birth was celebrated. Oh, that's awesome. So like, you know, all that, their relatives in India were like giving out laddu and patasi and stuff like that. And people were like, oh, they were like, oh, you got, you know, to my bibi, they were like, oh, you've got a grandson. And she was like, she's better than a grandson. Like, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah. so that's the thing. And my mum still goes, Love oh, it. I wish we'd done your lori. She's like, I wish we'd done your lori. Yeah. I'm like, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> what do I get? What do I get? Do I get presents? Yeah. Um, but that's that's the one thing that they have just always been like you are not less than a boy like yeah. you know and even they're like you are no less than a man at all and um so i've you know got a commendant for that um but you know what it's difficult for them it's a completely different world you know all they've wanted in their life is stability and security for themselves and for their family and like you know and a lot of people can can relate to that and they didn't get it and they were like what are you doing and they're you know and are there any other Indian people doing are they up and doing this you know like is it you know is this Gordian they come is this white people behavior what kind of what kind of crowd are you going to be with and then the best thing was I didn't tell them I was doing comedy because I was like, they, they've only just about got over the fact that, you know, I act. And now I'm going to be like, you know, my dad's going to be like, why are you telling jokes? It's probably better for you to tell him you're going to see a guy than that you're going to comedy, right? Like, as in... You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And so I was, um, I did the Asian Network and um, it was on the red button. I thought, it's on the red button. I thought maybe not that many people will see it. I was wrong. My chachi called up my mum, right? And my chachi was like, uh, comedy comedy. <laughs> my mum was like, no, what are you talking about? And she put the phone down and she was like, Sigajita! <laughs> like shouting out the state. Yeah, you know, it's, it's bad news when they use your full name, isn't it? I was like, um, yeah. And then she got really annoyed because she was like, other people are seeing you, we're not seeing you. 
I said, then they oh. came to Gravesend. I said, look, yeah. So I said, look, I'm doing a Dissy comedy show. You know, it's in Gravesend. You'll know, you know, all the other people that are there. Like, you know, you'll know them. It will be quite a safe environment. So mum and dad came. She wore a new suit. Oh, like, she that's so cute, Really sweet. Yeah. She had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. So I sat them in the auditorium. And I went and I checked in on them before the show started. I said, get in there early because I said, I know what you're like. So uh, the guy, <laughs> I sat them in like, you know, the best seats. I was sit on the end, blah, blah, and went up and I spoke to them. My mom, I was like, mom, you know, you all right? Cheeky. And my mum was like, you have a pretty pony. <laughs> Literally, are you wearing that? I was like, are you, hold on. <laughs> oh, your mum is so good. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, yeah, sure. Sure. I was like, oh, you have no, and then she was like, then she was like, what are you actually doing here? I said, I'm just going to tell jokes. And she went, is that it? She asked, she went, Bossy, he got enough. She had just no idea. She thought I was doing a play. She thought I would be in a costume and a wig, you know, every, so, so oh. then actually I, I did it. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Cause I'm like censoring my material as I go along. I'm like, don't talk about boys. Don't swear. Don't like, you know, I was just yeah, like, I was gonna yeah, I had to like keep it quite, you know, PG. And then also I was like, you know, I jokingly laugh alongside my mum when I when I tell anecdotes about her. Like you said, like I don't, I'm not here to punch down, I'm not here to humiliate, I'm not here to like, you know, make fun of them. But I was like, she might not see it like that, because yeah. my mum might be a bit like, you know, don't make a joke about the like, you know, she might be like <laughs> you're making fun of me. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I kind of toned it down a little bit. And then at the end, I just said, look, you know, my parents are in the audience. It's the first time they've come to see me do stand-up comedy. And they got a massive round of applause. So they love that. They love that bit. And then I went out into the auditorium. Bear in mind, I was 36 at this point, right? 18 is when I decided to go on the creative path. So literally half my life, we've been like this at each other. Like it's the one thing that we've just not agreed on, right? Yeah. The one thing that they've just not been happy about. They can't, they can't kind of, you know, resist doing a little sniping, a bit of a like, yeah, you know. Yeah, a, yeah. You know. Um, and then, so I went out into the foyer. My mum is surrounded, right? My mum is getting mobbed by all the auntie from the Gordwara and all their daughters and the daughter-in-laws. I know all those women I went to Punjabi school with, they're all like surrounding and they're like, oh my God, you're six months. Like, they're doing all this kind of thing. <laughs> and my mum is in the middle. She's lapping up. She's like, ha ha, I support now that I'm here, it's all good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Now that other people, now when she goes to the Godwara, people are like tapping her on the shoulder, going, Oh, yeah, we saw such show and blah, 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 blah. You know, and she's like laughing it up because other people, you know, you know, yeah. for our community, it's so important what other people think of you, right? Oh, man. So now that other people like me, my mum's like, Huh, it's still Carla, hon. She's like, Fine, you can do it. I'm like, Thanks. Why couldn't you say that at the start, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know what, Dave, I'm so proud of them. For how far they've come and I'm so proud of them that we're finally at a place in our relationship where they can ask me questions about it they know what I'm doing if I'm like I'm going to see a show they know what I'm doing I'm not doing yeah. anything shameful I'm going up there I'm not you know taking my couple day off or whatever like you know they just know that I'm just there telling jokes um so they they've come a really long way considering and I think to them they're also a bit like how did we birth this gobby kind of like <laughs> confident woman who's like can't sit still, whereas they're like, 
you know, now I mean they're retired now, but they're very much like, you know, dad goes to the goddaughter, mum does this, blah, blah, blah. She goes to her yoga once a week. You know, that's their kind of life. And they're like, yeah, I don't understand. Chill. Yeah, but even now, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, even now, like every kind of couple of weeks, my mum would be like, <laughs> like she, get a proper <laughs> job. Get, get a, a proper get job. Get a normal job. Yeah. 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 And that's his way of saying, I care about you, right? Because my parents are never the type, like a lot of like that generation, they're never going to be like, oh, I love you. I'm so proud of you, darling. Yeah. You know, you're doing so well. Mummy <laughs> and daddy love you. Like they're, ne- they're never like that. Nope. My dad just, uh, no, never. My dad just went, oh, okay. I know you come, okay. I was like, yeah, it's quite difficult actually, dad. And he was like, John of Tegia. I was like, okay. oh, <laughs> and that God. is like, that's praise. You better have a pension as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's a, I'm like, I... <laughs> but I think one thing that, that you've picked up upon is, is that that generation are very much concerned with financial stability because of their experience yeah, of with obviously, like, dealing with such a yeah. tumultuous life. And I, I find it yeah. really cute the way that your parents have kind of grown with you on your journey because it's like they first were like no i'm not having it like go get a real job like what is this and then actually for them to turn up and like just be taking it all in is it's so cute like your mom sounds so yeah so so brilliant bless her oh man yeah do you know what and that's the thing i think you know sometimes we can give our parents a hard time you know uh especially us you know people who were kind of here have all the privileges that our parents didn't have you know and we can give them a hard time but I think what we've got to remember is they're trying their hardest they really are and they're you know their parents were even harder on them so if we think we're they're harder on us like I know that my grandparents were harder like on my parents so it's like actually considering that's the background they come from they're doing really well oh completely completely well, you've kind of answered the next two questions, so that that's quite helpful. But um, I was reading <laughs> that your first play, Beyond Actually, was touring nationwide back in 2017, if I'm correct, in 2018? Yeah. So for those who aren't necessarily aware, what was that play about besides the detached double garage? And was that, <laughs> and was that the start of your, like, acting slash comedy career? Or was that just something you were doing, like, separately? Uh... No, I was doing it separately. I'd kind of only just started doing stand-up. And I just, uh, you know, there was a, there's a theatre company called Rifco who are based um, at Watford Palace Theatre, British Asian theatre company. And they were like, you know, we've got this funding. Do you want to develop an idea? I already had a working relationship with them. And I was like, yeah, okay. And they said, right, the way they like to work, you know, they were like, you know, one of the ways they like to work is I like to go into the community and speak to people and be like okay what are the interesting stories what do people want to hear about what you know what are people talking about and so we did it in Gravesend actually funnily enough and um put a call out and we said anyone can come like anyone it doesn't have you don't have to be Indian whatever South Asian like anyone can come it's open to anyone and um you know kind of like a workshop thing and the only people that came were Punjabi Sikh women who were like 40 plus 
it just so happened just so happened to be they all brought their mates and I was like that's so weird we ran a little workshop and we started talking and it was really informal and I found that that generation I was like the kind of the in-between generation right so they might have been maybe born in Punjab and then came over when they were like two or three so they felt very British or they oh they came when they were a lot older and they really struggled to kind of you know fit in and stuff and they had to do their schooling here and you know they you know they were kind of latchkey kids right you know their parents went to work and I was like that's so interesting but a lot of them you know were very much had the upbringing that my parents had where it's like you marry who you're told to marry you do what you're supposed to do blah, blah, blah. so by the age of like 40 odd their children are grown up because they all got married at 18 or 19 like my parents did and they were like now empty nesters and they were going well hold on what do I do now you know I've got this little I've got this job my husband does this we kind of grown together but now the kids are gone actually I'm not very happy and I, and all I was hearing again and again were themes of alcoholism in the Punjabi community amongst men, especially. I was hearing about domestic abuse. I was hearing about just kind of neglect in relationships, husband and wife relationships. I was hearing about kind of, you know, broken dreams and like not having the opportunity to kind of follow your dreams or not feeling like you had a choice and trying to do the right thing and then realizing that sometimes the right thing doesn't make you happy and that, that we're not all the same. And so that's what the story was about. It was about this woman called Polly who was like in her early forties who um, sees her teenage sweetheart after like 20 odd years. And it's like, she's transported back to those times when you'd like go to daytimers or like, you know, cause she's that generation, you know, or like you know sneaking out or you can't call you can't call each other because you obviously only got a house but you can't call each other because your dad might pick up and you know and all of this kind of thing and it was kind of like rekindling that and her kind of having a second chance at love and at life but it was a tiny bit controversial I think for probably the more traditional members of the Asian community came to see it because technically she did cheat on her husband with him but every character that I write, whether it's my book or whether it's plays or whatever I do, I don't want to make them perfect. I don't want to make them necessarily likable. And I love when I, you know, read or see stuff on telly or whatever. I love characters where you're like, I shouldn't like you, but I do. Like I shouldn't, you know, one of those ones where you're like, I really don't want to root for you, but I kind of do because you're really human. Yes, that's just it. It's human rather than this like perfect like superhero or like super villain yeah. individual who you can like, yeah, either really love or really hate. And I really think, hate. and I think it's, uh, it's something that's kind of lacking, like just generally, because even if you look at a lot of just like the media at the moment, it's very much like mm -hmm. polarized. It's very much like yeah. X or Y. It's never kind of, mm -hmm. all right, maybe there's something somewhere in the middle, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, there's no nuance. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. And I think bringing that, like, just like with your comedy with Life Silks, it was like on the ball, very nuanced, and it wasn't punching down. It was like, it was like creating those jokes you would have with your cousins or your family if you were all together. And everyone yeah. knows people in your family aren't perfect. Like, like everyone, yeah. like everyone can relate to that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did that play then? You were saying like some of the reactions were a little bit kind of perhaps not as positive in respect to them being like a bit more traditional but like overall what was the reaction like overall it was super positive i still get messages people saying are you bringing it back are you bringing it back because there's a certain section of women who are like oh, that's my life on stage yeah. that's my life on like that's i remember sneaking around to meet boys and to be like really you know be really like oh my god i really hope that that auntie doesn't see me if i'm doing this or you know but then also being heartbroken because you're like 
well, my marriage has already, already been arranged to this person, so I need to knuckle down and make the most of it. And there were women that I spoke to who were like, my husband's got a problem with alcoholism. He's not getting any help for it. I'm finding bottles of alcohol stashed away around the house. It's breaking our family apart, blah, blah. I don't really know what to do. I can't divorce him because what would the community say? What would my parents say? We've been together for like 20 odd years. So it's like super sad, but also these women are now like, hold on, actually, I'm not old. You know, I'm 40. They were like, actually, I'm in my early 40s. They're like, I'm not old. Like, I've still got all this life. And what am I going to do with it? And I just thought it was such an interesting dilemma. So a lot of women were like, oh my God, that's, you know, and someone, <laughs> I remember I did it. I can't remember where I did it. But someone grabbed me. She was like, do I know you? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think we know each other. She was like, because you just told my story on stage. And I think I was like, I promise you, I've not stolen your story. I was like, it's no, it's not one person's story. It's bits of all stories put together. And she was like, right. I was like, oh my God, it's going to get shanked. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to get your sobji and that, you know, from the supermarket. Yeah, and next yeah, exactly. trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bibi's <laughs> just like beefing, man. Me. You're like, yo, stop, please, relax, relax, relax. Please, please, can I just get my karelli and go? Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was, I think it struck a chord with a lot of people. And, um, you know, I think my, my main objective for creating that work and other work that I do as well is I'm looking at the narrative, the way that we're portrayed in the media and South Asian people in general, you know, and it's like, you're either a terrorist, uh, you're a religious fanatic, or you're totally westernized and you have absolutely no respect for your cultural heritage whatsoever. And there's nothing in between. And I said, I don't want to do, and this was my thing was when I was writing the play, is I was like, I don't want it to be a wedding. I don't want there to be, you know, some sort of honor killing or, or you know, whatever. I was like, that's not to be all like doom and gloom. I still want there to be joy. I still want people to watch it and go, okay, I'm not South Asian, but I can relate to that. Like, I think that nuance though is really, missing just generally and i think again with your with your uh, comedy it's culturally relevant but it's very like precise so i remember the jokes about gordia takam had me in stitches for absolutely days because actually <laughs> that's what we all say and do like within like within punjabis like we're always like ah oh, gordia takam man nasine yeah and like, yeah we don't do that yeah we just we just don't like and mm. but it's also funny because a lot of the stuff that we do say that about actually people in the community do do it and so it's it's like it's almost like the play on everything um and so yeah. hence like i i just think that that is something that like i really appreciate and i think seeing someone on stage such as yourself doing that like as in i don't know what the english word is but in punjabi like we'd obviously say haunts line it like as in it just gives you that haunts line you're just like yeah yeah like encouragement or confidence or yeah 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 almost like it's like almost like a shared like achievement because you're like yeah she's mm -hmm. doing it like i ain't i am the shit I, I just turned up to watch you right but it's that appreciation of actually like you get it like as in you're not there reproducing stereotypes or punching down on us or or taking the mick or whatever like some like yeah. some comedians can be quite crass um mm. but then having that nuance it's just yeah like i like i genuinely appreciate it just then like checking with the with, with the play and the comedy then like mm. Well, once you've done that play, was your goal, like you'd said, you kind of just fell into comedy. Like, was the goal just to continue with acting or like what, like what was the plan at that point? Um, well, I'm going to say this to you now. There's never been a plan. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's a good plan. <laughs> Do you know what? For me, I've just realised in the last few years that the things that I wanted 
and the things that I've had in life, it just made me go, I wanted so little and I've been given so much. And it just kind of made me go, you know what? It's all in God's hands. Like, it's like, you know, the, the things I'm so happy. There were things that I used to like, there were like major acting jobs that I cried myself to sleep about because I was like, oh, I really wanted that. That could have been my big break. And then something would come along the next week and it completely changed the course of my life. And I'd be like, oh yeah, remember when you were crying about like not getting that bit part in Transformers or whatever, do you know what I mean? You know, and then you're like, and I, and I just, I'm, I'm so lucky, I'm so blessed that, year upon year my life gets better and I don't just mean career I just mean in general things are improving I feel like you know I'm growing as a person as well you know and I'm kind of uh, coming more into my own and stuff so I think there's not really been a plan I'm just kind of like an opportunity comes along you're almost growing and as things are happening you're just yeah. like you're just yeah 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 yeah, there's, yeah. and, and no... things come along and I go and I go right does it does it speak to me like I, I have a thing where I go is it a full body yes <laughs> I like that yeah yeah do my insides say yes yeah 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 because we can all be up here going well I should do it for the money I should do it uh, maybe I should do it for the money but uh, you know into your heart is like oh my god I really don't want to do this but you know I read something about the school body yes and it's like you know there are moments in all of our lives where we go yes that is the right thing to do. And your logical brain might tell you, oh, don't do that, but it's risky or whatever. But your body's like screaming at you for do it because our body's like so wise, right? And we don't yeah. listen to it. Um, so now I'm like, if it's a full body, yes, I say yes. I didn't know I was going to write a book. I didn't know that, like, you know, everything I do as well. I'm bloody terrified. I'm terrified. I'm literally, I'm like, this. I'm clenched like this. I'm, <laughs> I'm tensed like on this. stage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's I do amazing. it because... If I if I gave into that fear, I, I would I would be doing nothing. I would be yeah. on my sofa eating badam all day. Like I wouldn't be doing anything. <laughs> like like which is not a bad life actually. You'd but, be quite um, clever at the end of it though with all that badam. Yeah, power, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll be with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hench as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think things come along. I say yes or no. And, you know, for years, my dream was all I wanted to do was be an actor. That's all I wanted to do was be an actor. And then I got older and I was like, look at comedy, look how much control I get. I get to talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. I get to, I don't have to rely on other people to go, oh, can you commission me to write this play or write this film or, or do this TV programme? I can get up on stage and people will come and see me. And I feel like not only is it comedy, making people laugh is great, but we all make people laugh. You know, yeah. you said earlier, Punjabis are so funny. And in general, people are, you know, everything's funny. People, you know, people slipping over on a banana peel, like, you know, someone doing, you know, whatever, you know, a baby doing a fart. It's like, it's hilarious. But for me, it's like what you said is like having people in the audience going, I'm not alone. It's not just me, like means so much, means so much. And not to get too deep, but like a few years ago, I realized that we're all kind of walking around feeling quite alone and feeling quite isolated, especially, you know, going, oh, no one else can relate to me. I just feel like this, holding it all inside. So if for like an hour, someone comes to see my show and it's, you know, maybe a working class Punjabi person like me or a woman or whatever, or, you know, a, a second Punjabi person can, can come in and go, oh, okay, good. Uh, that's not only that has that made me laugh, but that's also made me feel seen. And I, that's really resonated with me. Like, I think that connection is so important. And so I kind of I go towards things where I feel like I can, can connect and make some sort of difference, even if it's like very short lived. I think the experience of the comedy show itself is like an hour or so. So like that in, its, in itself is quite short lived, but the impact of that comedy is 
like I don't think there's a time limit to it because I'm still sat here mm. like as in, I don't think that's ever gonna like leave my memory in that sense because yeah. it's like as you were saying it's a shared experience it's like I'm represented through you or our whole community is represented through you and it's in a positive light it's in the light where you could like it's a perfect balance because you're out there doing what you want but not at the expense of anyone not at the expense of yourself not at the expense of the community mm. or whatever um and then just to have that representation, like, I, I just think it means so much. And I think, I think this is now like maybe the 29th or 28th podcast like I've done. And I think I've spoken to maybe like 25 or more people. Mm. And I don't think there's been one person who hasn't said that they've gone through a similar experience. Those who are British born or who have lived in, or, or who have lived in Britain, I don't think none of them have said that they haven't gone through some type of experience where they're like, I don't quite fit in like like yeah. where do I fit in what is my identity yeah. and actually yeah. a lot of them have gone from the question me included gone from the question of who am I and what is my identity mm -hmm. into then mm -hmm. doing whatever work it is we, we've been doing to try and um kind of like answer that question so then to go out into the public domain and see a comedian almost answer those questions it's I like yeah it's quite difficult to put into words how um, influential and I think brilliant that that wow. is um but sticking on with the comedy thing I wanted to find out who were your comedy inspirations like who do you or who did you watch thinking that or who would you watch now thinking that's absolutely hilarious so for me like the all-time one of the all-time greats is Richard Pryor like I just think yeah some of his com comedy is ridiculous although it is mm. very very rude so like yeah it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not really the same kettle of fish but for me like i think he's one of the all-time greats like who who would you like who are your like top three or like top five? Oh wow okay so i like um observational comedy okay. really i like people who are like so like peter k all-time favorites peter k i can watch for hours on end everything like you know i could relate to you know that that the having um you know the, the I don't know if you had this but he does this bit where they had video covers that look like books yeah so like those that kind of thing oh uh, it's wet play you know oh it's spitting get the kids in it's but you know all of that stuff you know kids doing slides at wedding reception it's like I don't know if it's because I'm also working class and my family's from the north as well but I could really really relate to all of that stuff, you know, all of that stuff, like, you know, with, that we do now, I do it all the time when I go to a restaurant and I'm absolutely stuffed and they're like, do you want to look at the dessert menu? And you're like, yeah, go on then. Yeah, always. And so I found him so relatable, like his and his energy and his physicality, the way he moves around the stage. Sarah Millican, I oh, really love, good. also a really lovely person as well. She's wicked. Um, Paul Chowdhury, because he's so unapologetically busy. Yes. He's so like, he's not playing like the game. So I was on his podcast recently and we've got a lot of kind of similarities with our background and stuff like that and why we do the things that we do. And, you know, and we're not kind of, I think a lot of comedians of color can fall into the trap of whitewashing their comedy yes, in yes. order to appeal to a broader audience. And um, I don't want to do that, which probably means I won't be as successful as them, but actually I love what I do. And I kind of want to talk about the things that I like and things that I enjoy. And um, Robin Williams, I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen like Robin Williams. Oh, there's like a really old clip of him doing stand. Like he's just improvising. He's improvising for about 15 minutes. And it's like the 70s tiny. He's like this like skinny little guy. And like, you know, he's quite early on in his career. And he's just improvising for like 10, 15 minutes, like doing all these voices. And he's just so 
quick, his characterization, it's just like instant. So yeah, so those are the people that I kind of like, those are my main what, yeah, four or whatever that I mentioned. Yeah, that I just go, oh, wow, like you're incredible. But I'm also not like a comedy buff. You know, like for some people are like, like when I, you know, like I would meet real comedy buffs. Like I met, you know, like they would be like, when I started doing comedy, they're like, oh my God, you, you did Mock the Week. I'd, you know, I'd sell my BB to do Mock the Week. And I'd be like, it, it, it's all right like it's, it's no big like it's cool like it's a, it's a job still it's great <laughs> but I'm also like this, this calm down so I think some people can get really like that's like really fixated on like a goal or really fixated on if I do this then it's going to do this whereas I find that I don't know if you have this but I have this thing where like if I do set a goal or if I do like do that that even if it's short term I'll get there and I'll be like oh I thought I'd be happy now and now, like, not now, what? Do you know what I mean? Next, now what like, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so that, that's so unfulfilling isn't it it's so oh, unsatisfying so. the benefit of of um of just taking things kind of in your stride is just that you don't get like too hepped up when things don't go the right way or whatever and you're not like yeah. oh I need to be on this program and I need to be doing this you're just like yeah, take, and yeah, I think yeah. and I think that's one thing I really enjoy and like it's come across quite while through the podcast is like you just seem to be flowing with everything like as life is coming you're just going with it and I think that's quite um it's quite almost like liberating to see because you're not like oh I need to do this I need to do that I need to go on the other thing like you're not anxious yeah. you're not like... I don't know when that happened but it took a lot of therapy <laughs> because I I was that person who was like this needs to happen and then by this age this needs to happen and then my life is just like so not what I thought it would be you know I'm 37 I thought by this point I'd be married, I'd have two kids, I'd have, you know, the dog, the Volvo, the big house, the double garage, you know, I thought I'd have all that. I've got none of that, but I am still happier than I have ever been, which is so like, which takes a while to get your, your head around to it, your head around it. And, you know, yeah, I just realised that actually, you are who you are in it. Like, this is the thing, like, you are like, I, you know, no amount of wishing that I could change who I am at my core is going to change that. All you can really do is try and improve. No, um, no, completely. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, I feel like I'm giving a TED talk now. This is not, you're like, I just want to talk about comedy. And no, I'm talking no. about the human condition. <laughs> no, no, no. I really appreciate these conversations because like they always tend to go in the direction that like they're meant to almost. So like, I, like as, as you know, like we put together a set of questions just to make sure we can kind of like have a skeleton, but then they go in whatever tangent. And like, I think that's like that's almost the benefit because some podcasts I find are quite rigid it's like all right ask question answer question answer and I'm like well just like kind of with your comedy I want to feel as though you're sat with someone just talking to them and just being like all right so what do you think about this or whatever um yeah so with your comedy then one thing that I was really like I think this was my main question really especially when I left after watching Life Sucks which is like what's your and obviously you don't need to give the game away but like what's your process in terms of like writing your material how do you like do you like sanity check here or is it just like all right I've written this I'm gonna try it and then we'll go from there like like how like how, how does that work and also how do you like come up with something like that's unique obviously but then also something that can flow for like an hour or or even more uh I, I wish I could I wish I could tell you there was a process <laughs> <laughs> I, I like everything in my life I'm like I'll give it a go um, so for like for Life Sucks, I had um, a director, a really good friend of mine as well, called Simon Fadose, 
it was really important for me that if I had a director, I wanted her to be working class. I wanted her to be British Asian. I wanted her to be like a woman of color at the very least. You know, I thought I don't want to have to sit and explain to a posh white man about, you know, keeping plastic on the dining table chairs. Like, you know, she, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. she was just like, she was just like, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah, you sneeze and you don't leave the house. Like, she's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You like, have to eat something yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, we had that shorthand and that was wicked. And I, I went to her at the beginning of 2020. I was like, I've got this tour. I was like, I don't think I've got a show, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And she helped me just sort it out in my head. And she went, there you go, that's your story. You want to talk about mental health. You want to talk about living at home. You want to talk about the community and its hypocrisy. You want to talk about being judged. You want to talk about all of these things. She's like, great. Like it's all got a through line. And um, that's material that I'd been kind of working on for the past couple of years. And it all kind of fitted in quite nicely and some new stuff. And I, I did like a few work in progress shows where I'm literally like reading off like a pay, like, you know, I've got like topics that I want to talk about and you know I've actually got had like a script and you know some people love to come and see that because they're like oh they, they're seeing it being built right some people love to come and see that and um so you know and the thing about comedies and this is one of the reasons that is so terrifying if you're a perfectionist like me is that you literally have to like go on stage and do it you can't be in your house going oh yeah oh, that, that's quite funny it's like because you have to try it out in front of an audience. And that's terrifying. That's fake. Like you, you could literally, you could fall on your ass. Like, you know, anything could happen. And it, it's like someone going into your draft emails. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, things that you would just never show anyone. It's like someone reading your diary or something. It's like so deeply personal. And you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's quite, you know, makes you feel quite vulnerable. So that's how I do it. That's how I do it. And also generally, generally I'm like, if it makes me chuckle, chances yeah. are other people will chuckle really no definitely definitely i don't know if you've ever had an experience of having to deal with a heckler but i remember going <laughs> to watch um jimmy carr at the uh warwick art center this was this must have been a couple of years before like lockdown so maybe like 2017 or something um and we were sat kind of right in the middle like it was a big auditorium we sat right in the middle and it was too um like two tiers and the tier above there was a guy sat like right near the front who was pissed drunk i mean the dude was absolutely plastered and i can't remember what happened but he heckled jimmy carr and i've never seen someone turn so quickly and just destroy someone's ego like jimmy carr i mean made that guy feel about a centimeter tall to the point where to the point where when they asked him to leave, his girlfriend covered her face with his coat because she was like, I just don't want to be seen with this guy, right? So, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I was just, I was in absolute bits. Like, I was just like, this is, this is an experience that you, like, if you told someone, they probably wouldn't believe you. Um, yeah. And then obviously watching your show, it was very different. And obviously I don't yeah. think you necessarily get that type of crowd. But like, yeah, I'm sure you've had like, I'm hoping you've not, but I'm, sh I'm sure you've had a heckler or two. And like, how do you deal with them? And like, like, does it, does a different sook emerge when you hear a heckler's voice kind of come out and you're like, yeah, save game on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I think Jimmy Carr is so well known for that. I've seen so many clips of him just like completely roasting hecklers. Also love the fact that the girlfriend covered her face like she was leaving court or something. Do you know what I mean? Like she's a, like she's a criminal bundled into a car. Um, so, you know what? I'm really lucky I don't get that. There's twice I've been heckled that I can think about uh, that kind of sticks in my mind. 
first one was a couple of years back. I was in Leicester doing a mixed bill gig. And um, there was just, it's always a, it's always a guy. It's always a guy, I, you know, it's, I don't know what that is. It's always, it's always some drunk uncle like that I've seen that's done it. And this, this drunk uncle was like in the, in the top little bit. And he was just, you know, when you ask a rhetorical question, he was just like, ah, like this. And I was like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't understand what a rhetorical question is. Anyway, I was like, I was like, give him one chance, give him one chance, two chance, three strikes are out basically. So I was like, give a couple of chances. And I was like, look, I'm not gonna carry on because you're ruining it for everyone basically. And he was just like shouting and stuff. And the best thing was, cause he kept interrupting my material was this little auntie got up and she was in like the stalls. This little auntie got a proper auntie. She had like a, she had a sari on and she had a little whoopie on top. And she's really cute. And she turned around and she went, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to say much when auntie's defending you, man. You're sorted. That is it. Yeah. That is it. I was like, I need her to be my security. Because yeah. he, he did. And all her kids were in the audience. We're like, mom, sit down. Like, you shut up. Um, it really, she really made me laugh. And then actually recently for live soot, this is the first time it's happened. So it really threw me. Um, I've had sometimes you have like people who are a bit drunk and sometimes people are a bit, um, they, they don't heckle you, but they're a bit disruptive or whatever. And I had that and that was fine because I just put them in their place. Cause I, I remember this was woman who, they were so pissed, right? These women, and they were sitting on either side of me. So there was like half a group was here, half a group was here, I'm in the middle. And in the end, she, they're like looking at each other. She's got this bottle of rosé. And I was like, do you just want me to pass it to her? I was like, do you want me to just like, I was like, can you shut it? And then she was chatting away. And I was like, listen, I said, I'm really, I'm really glad you're here. Thank you so much for making the time. But everyone else has also come here too. Can, so can you shut the F up? Like this, and she was just like, oh. And then this uncle did it again, an uncle front row in the middle. And I was a bit like, is he drunk? Is he not well? Like, you know, what's the thing? Sometimes it can, you know, you don't want, I don't want to be like, throwing out someone who's, you know, necessarily, you know, maybe they're not drunk, maybe it's a, a mental health issue, maybe whatever, additional needs, whatever. And in the end, he got thrown out by the venue. And my only regret is I didn't do it sooner because I turned around and because I've worked for so long in education, I've worked for so long with naughty children. I kind of, I, I turned into a bit like, okay, now you're ruining it for everybody else, <laughs> okay? And it's not fair, is it? Okay, you should know better at your age, shouldn't you? Okay, oh, I don't want to do this, but you're, oh. you're forcing me. I get like that because I'm just like, and it's not about I'm making you feel small. I was making a good point. I was saying the fact that people have paid good money to come to your show. How dare you turn up and ruin that? If you don't like it, leave. That's absolutely fine. I've left during plays and shows before because I've just got this is rubbish. You do it. But what I'm not going to do is announce my departure like I'm at Heathrow Airport. You know, I was just, <laughs> and what I'm not going to do is disrupt it. You just go, okay, I'll just, I won't come back after the interval or I'll just, you know, I'll sneak out, I'll pretend I'm going to the loo. But, you know, but I don't also don't want to disrespect that performer or disrespect the audience that I'm with. The best thing, it was in Birmingham, it was at the Glee Club. And um, this guy finally like gets taken away by the venue and someone went on your way Bab <laughs> and I was just crying with laughter but it, it's also like it's that towards the end of the show and I know that you remember the show and it's very kind of fresh in your mind but in the, the show we're making quite a serious point about mental health and our community and you know all of these kind of things and I kind of was just like I was like I'm not going to lose it with this guy but I was like it's a really important bit of the show I thought to myself and it is kind of the crux of the show 
right? It's all like laughy, jokey, and that's all goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I don't want that message to be watered down because some drunk uncle can't hold his booze and he's pissed at like half seven on a Sunday. It's like, you know, look at yourself. But um, yeah, all of that. It still made me, like, I still felt like icky about it. I came home and had a really hot shower because I was like, oh, bad vibes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, keep that. It's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Innit? I was like, Papa, I've got the door foul. I was like, nah, man, I need to, yeah. like... <laughs> replenish the house, get that positivity back in, put some fog on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was like, yeah, because you hold it in you, right? Those kind of experiences, you can kind of, you just feel, make you feel a bit icky. So I'm lucky, I think, because I'm not, saying anything too controversial I don't think I'm not kind of like like you said I'm not punching down I'm not I'm not I don't pick on audience members even when I do laugh I'm laughing with them you know and they they and I can all I know I know when's too far do you know what I mean you know you know you're not going to be I'm not going to be personal I'm not going to pick on someone's appearance or whatever or but you know but it's it's all right you can have a bit of a laugh and a joke no, definitely, definitely. I yeah, I just wanted to ask that because of after having experienced Jimmy Card deal with yeah. I just wondered whether I wondered whether you got them and how you how you deal with them, but it sounds like it's something that's kind of across the board. So yeah, yeah no, no, fair. And big up to Auntie for defending you because we need more. <laughs> like that. Definitely need more Auntie like that, man. Um, so uh, you've got a new book then set for release in March of this year, if I'm correct. Mm. Yeah, uh, right. it's titled Sunny and it's received mm-hmm. numerous positive reviews already. Um, I just wanted you to give everyone listening a bit of an idea of mm-hmm. what the book's about, what can they expect, mm-hmm. where could they buy it, kind of all of that, like the good information. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the book's called Sunny, which is also the name of the protagonist. Uh, the leading lady in the book is Sunny. She's uh, similar to me in the sense that she's a British Punjabi sitcoman. Uh, she um, is in a small town. She's moved back in with her parents at 30. She feels a bit lost. And she's a bit like, oh, everyone's, you know, buying houses and getting married and having babies and blah, blah. And I'm just in my childhood bedroom, still E17 posters up on the wall. Like, you know, so she's a bit like, what's going on? Her parents are quite traditional. Um, you know, it's, it kind of it draws on elements of my life. Like her parents aren't Amritari, but like, you know, and um, she doesn't have the closeness to her heritage and culture that I do and her faith that I do. But um you know, she's working in a kind of dead end job. She's dating, but it's on the down low because she knows that her mom wouldn't improve. And then uh, one day she's coming back. So she's living that double life that a lot of like, certainly my generation did. I think it's a bit different now, but um, she kind of comes home. She gets dropped off by a guy and her mum is Uh-oh. still awake. Uh-oh. Yeah. So she comes in the house and the light flicks on. Remember those moments? Oh. The light flicks on? <laughs> Run, run, leave the house, don't come back, get the passport, go to a different country, man, game over. That's it, that's it. Fake your death, you've got to start again. Yes. And so so she sees her mum and her mum, and she's like, this is it, I'm going to get thrown out, she's going to detain me, this is, I'm at the very least, I should have hidden the shoes before I lie, now I'm going to get... I should have left the back door open so I didn't have to use the keys, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Why didn't I get him to drop me off down the road? Yes, yep. At the shop, and then I could have got a bottle of drink and looked like I just gone to the corner shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, we've done it all, we've done it all. And her mum surprises her, and her mum goes, okay, she's like, I know what you're doing, because I'm your mum, mums always know. She's yeah. like, but, you know, well done for trying to keep it from me, but I knew exactly what you were doing, what you are up to. If you're going to live under my roof, you can date, but I want to vet the people that you're dating. Mad. Well, fair, I guess. So, yeah, so then she's like, hold on, this is a whole part of my life that I've kept secret, and now my mum wants to look at my Tinder. 
right? <laughs> it talks to a lot of people's realities, though. But you're definitely on the ball in that you spend. And I think it also talks to the traditional perspective, which is you spend all your life like you can't talk to girls, you can't talk to boys. And then it's like, all right, you're 21. Let's get you married. Yeah. You yeah, got your yeah, degree? Yeah. All right, let's get you married. And you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, up until last week, I wasn't allowed to look at a boy. And now you want me to marry the first one I meet. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want me yeah. to make a baby with that other yeah, person yeah, within like six months. What? Yeah, like, what? I, yeah. I haven't been allowed to touch another person and now you want me <laughs> yeah, to go exactly. to like six base or whatever it is like what's going yeah, on exactly and you want me to move in with his family yeah, like, yeah. I can't even live with my own like and, and it's like you probably like and I guess a lot of us could probably relate that we've like never you never see your parents kiss or anything and then it's like get married and have yeah. a baby you're like what what, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 absolutely I remember my dad once coming I said dad I said I know it's your you know it's your anniversary today and you went, is it? And then he came and he shook my mum's hand. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's like, happy anniversary. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, that is, that's what they would do though. Like it's, so, it's, yeah. so, like, it's such an accurate representation. Oh, bless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they're like, why don't you want to do this? Anyway, so basically Sunny is about, it's also about your mental health. It's about, friendship groups changing as you get older. It's about work. It's about, you know, the fact that there isn't really a blueprint, especially for women. If you're not doing like what you should be doing, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Travel. Yeah. Like, you know, this was all my, all my thing. Like all my white mates were like, kind of like, oh yeah, we're going to go travel. I was like, I don't want to travel. What if I don't want to travel? What if I just want to like sit under my cumbrella and eat bison? Like what, what like, I don't, why, why do I have to go get a backpack on and go to some country, get malaria and like, yeah. you know, you know why what I mean? I, why do I have to discover myself in a foreign land? Like, why can't I do that yeah. here? Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What? What if I? What if I've got other other aspirations? Anyway. So yeah. So it's just about that kind of like finding yourself and, and you know and happiness and finding happiness in you know not looking for happiness in outside places and all those kind of things and you know people that have read it so far have like really it's really resonated with them as well and um, yeah and I'm really it's my first book so I'm really I terrified and excited and. Yeah, it's available for pre-order now. So you can get it from all good bookshops where you, where you get your books from. And it's out on the 3rd of March. And so, yeah, man. No, awesome, awesome. No, you should be immensely proud of, of yourself because I think with the comedy, with the book, with everything you're doing, like I'm I'm certainly rooting for you. I know my mum's definitely rooting for you too. <laughs> Thank you. I think things like this need to be appreciated more because we just don't get to see it. And I think like when it comes, it's like, oh my gosh, please hold on to it. Wrap them in yeah. bubble wrap and like protect them. <laughs> like just like keep them forever type of thing. Um, so I, like, I'm certainly like very much like, impressed and definitely think that Thanks, everyone man. listening should go and buy the book or, or go and see Sook on her next tour because like it is like, I think you can gather from the conversation. Like it, it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant um, uh, comedy show and like, uh, I loved it. My mom was absolutely in bits that I got to talk to you as well. So definitely <laughs> rub that in her face. All right. I just wanted to double check. Is there anything that you wanted to like go over? Is there anything that you've got coming up that you wanted to announce or anything like that? So the tour still goes on to the end of February and then the book's out beginning of March, but we've covered that. So, awesome. so yeah, that's it. And there's other stuff that I can't talk about. So, okay. Is so. there anything that you can hint to in terms of what to expect, like coming from you in the future or this year uh... or anything like that? Couple of TV appearances. Okay, okay, nice. That's what I can say, really. Fair. <laughs> all right. No, no, that's absolutely fine. Um, I guess all we could add to that is just keep an eye out on Sook's socials, and then you'll obviously be able to see like what's going on. Just want to check again, um, because otherwise I actually have gone through all the questions that that I've got. Um, 
which is is like there's nothing else you wanted to mention or to go over or anything like that no I think I think that's I think that's pretty much it I'm trying to kind of rack my brain there'll be other stuff that you might that I'll be on telly for but I can't talk about it now in that case I'll obviously let you kind of carry on with the rest of your day and enjoy yourself Thanks, um I've I've genuinely not laughed this much in a podcast like, uh, at all. Uh, I'm so glad yeah I wish you all the best for the year ahead and everything you've got coming um I would definitely keep an eye out for kind of your any future shows and stuff like that because like I really do appreciate your work um and I think I've pre-ordered your book so once it turns up I would definitely read through it um and hopefully put a review out as well because um oh. it will be my first like non-history book that I would have reviewed and I think yeah. it works because then also I've actually got to talk to you too so like it, it's a yes. nice like connection but no I won't keep you any longer um Good enjoy time. the rest of your day and I will talk to you soon so you made it to the end of another podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You could probably tell that I couldn't stop laughing throughout the recording. If you've enjoyed it and want to keep up to date with future content, then feel free to subscribe. And while you're at it, why not leave a like or a comment and let me know how you felt about the podcast. If you want to see unreleased footage from this podcast and future podcasts, as well as getting early access to all future podcast episodes, then why not consider becoming a member of my YouTube channel today? Otherwise than that, I will see you all in the next one.